is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Praise God, family and friends. We are here to celebrate a life well lived. Amen. Can we give God a praise offering for Glenn's life today? Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you and praise you for his life. And we're going to begin this service today. There's an order for you all to follow along with us today in your program. We're going to rise and sing together. How great is our God.
generations rise and pass away we praise you for all your servants who have lived this life in faith we praise you lord jesus especially for your servant glenn edward jackson senior for the gift of his life for the grace you have given him and for all in him that was good and kind and faithful lord you created him. You knew him by name, Lord. You formed him in his mother's womb, Lord, and knew every second of his life. And we are here to thank you for him. We thank you, Lord, that now his pain has ended and he has entered in the joy that you have prepared for him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But gracious God, even though, Lord, we know he is resting comfortably with you, we here who are still on this side, Lord, we need your mercy and your tender grace, Lord Jesus. 
We pray that you would comfort his wife today. Comfort Deborah in a way that only you can, Lord Jesus. Comfort his children today, Lord. His grandchildren, his sisters and brother, Lord. All, all the family that have gathered, that love him, that supported him in his life. Comfort us on this side, Lord. And help us, Lord, to live a life worthy like Glenn. Help us, Lord, that when we are ready, Lord, when it's our time, many will travel from near and far to celebrate our life, too. And so we thank you, Lord, for our time together. And we ask your anointing Holy Spirit upon all. And it's in the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ we pray. And the people of God said, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We will now be blessed with our scripture readings by Clarence Bass III and Douglas Morris Jr. If you all will come up together. Good morning. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. Good morning, family. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it, await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Praise God. Praise God. We will now be blessed in song by, with the song Tomorrow by Adriana, Adrina, I knew I was going to mess it, Adrina Clements, praise God. Thank you. Amen, everybody. Tomorrow's not promised, so I'm just here to remind everybody that we see the Lord today, because we don't know what's going to happen even in the next 10 minutes, so I just want to bless you all with a song, because I love the Lord, and I love my uncle, so in Jesus' name.
by a poem by Sonia Kyle, a gentleman. Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. Deborah, Jackson family, McCoy family, Wales family, much love to you guys. I never do a poem without scripture first. God is always first. But let your adoring be the hidden person of the heart with imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. That's First Peter 3 and 4. Good morning, everyone. God is still good. And yes, I'm saying that, and we all should. And yes, we're going to say that at this mournful time, and I'll explain it as I flow in and out this rhyme. Today, we are here to remember a good man 
and I'm going to try to break this down for you the best way I can. I'm not here to make this man a saint just because he's gone, but he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Okay? Now that we got that out of the way, we are here to celebrate a man's life today. Glenn Jackson Sr., also known as Butch, as well-loved and well-known, and hearts are grieving now because he's gone. But his body is gone, but who he was is still here. And if you look around this room, you'll find him near. A man from West Virginia that loved God because he followed instruction. He used God, love, and hard work to build quite a production. Man should work. That's in the word of God. And Butch did that because he always had a job. United Personal Service is where he labored for his pay and was able to retire from that job after many, many years. So what I'm trying to say is not only did he make good money, you see, he helped a many a person and he did it for free. Because of his quiet demeanor and his quiet spirit, he wasn't the type to brag. So people would never hear it. Now when it came to family, Butch was both feet in. But let me first talk about somebody who became his best friend. Once upon a time in Cleveland, Ohio, in 1976, while stopping in a place, Butch met a beautiful spirited woman, a lady with style and grace. Everybody who knows the Jacksons knows this for a fact. Butch fell in love with a lady nicknamed Debbie Mack. <laughs> the beautiful Deborah McCoy, who in 1982 became his wife, she would then be known as Mrs. Deborah Jackson for the rest of her life. Out of this union, three children were loved and raised, and Butch supported them all for the balance of his days. He wanted what was best for them, what would bring life. He wanted his daughter to marry a good man, Patrick, and his sons to have good wives, Tanya. We're waiting on you, Glenn. <laughs> he loved his grands, nieces, and nephews of all generations, and he wanted them all to have good, healthy living situations. He loved his siblings, Stephanie and Karen, Brothers, I know y'all in here, mother, father, in-laws, and outlaws too. And sometimes that task was not so easy to do. But the man we speak of today was a man of very few words. But when he did speak, it was something his loved ones heard. Even when he played cards, he would go in for the silent kill and eat his opponents like a delicious meal. This is the way his Deborah described her man when I asked her about him so that folks could understand. You see, because I never flow a poem about someone without talking about who knew them best and understand that although he loved sports, he loved his family and his wife, he loved God best. And that God called his name because he had lived his life and maybe not as long as his loved ones and friends would have preferred. Sure, we would have liked for this day to be deferred. But when God calls our names and says it's enough, so there will be no more troubles of the world and all of his stuff, we must answer. And there's no getting around it. But Glenn Jackson Sr. was in good standing because he found it. Or shall I say, he was found. Butch had accepted Christ, so he will 
always have his crown. Eternal life is granted for those who believe that who the Son sets free is free indeed. There will be no more doctors, no more meds, no more tears of pain for this brother. And he's in the hands of no one like no other. The hands of the master, the creator of all things. Please see through your sadness that this is joy that only God can bring. Ecclesiastes 7 and 1 says, the day of our death is better than the day of our birth. And I thought I would say that for what it's worth. The confidence that heaven awaits this brother should fill us with glorious hope. And I pray these words will soothe our hearts and help us to better cope. And if they have not thus far, let me make this clear to his family, his co-workers, neighbors, friends, and all those who were here. In John 21, 17, Jesus said, feed my sheep. That's scripture. And Glenn Jackson Sr. certainly did that. So allow me to paint this picture. That house on Columbus Road is sheltered a many a soul. Those are stories that I was told. Not only was I told, but I was a guest too. And the Jacksons made guests feel special. Yes, amen. Is that true? Yeah. It served as a gathering place for happy times and sad. And it weathered the storms of life, the good and the bad. The Jackson home fed many a person and fed them many a day. Say amen if you can testify to that today. Glenn's money helped kids go to school, and he used it to keep some from acting a fool. You ain't got to say amen on that part. You can say it under your breath. Amen. Deborah, as only that he could say, make sure such and such is straight, and then he would pay. His legacy speaks all by itself. God just sent him here to give us some help. As an example, while not to talk so much and to help our fellow man as an example on how to love, how to forgive and understand, an example on how to let our actions speak louder than our words. See, his actions, not his voice, is what we saw and heard. An example of marriage and the longevity that it can have. Butch lived a good life, now you do the math. Add up what I said and tuck it in your hearts. It's how you finish, not how you start. And if you ever did them wrong, this is what you do. Forgive yourself today because he already forgave you. If Glenn Jackson Sr. was your friend, you certainly had a friend. And if you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, you will see him again. He was born, he lived, and he achieved. But a real gentleman always knows when to leave. Saved, delivered, and set free was this man. Now, thank God for his life and clap your hands. I love y'all. Praise God. How many of y'all can say that was one of the best poems you ever heard? Amen. <laughs> Sonia, I don't know you, but when it's my time, I, I hope somebody come find you to write my poem. <laughs> that was outstanding, and you wrote that. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank you for that blessing. 
Saints, at this time we get to share more stories of Glenn and how we knew him personally, and I'm going to invite you in a couple seconds to come up and share your personal testimonies and fun stories about his life. But I'm going to begin by just sharing uh, two resolutions that we received for the family. The first is a resolution of respect for Glenn E. Jackson Sr. No matter what your trials are or how big your mountain seems, the Lord is there to see you through. He'll go to all extremes. So if your cross seems hard to bear and you know not what to do, the one who loves you most of all will be there to see you through. Pastor Andrew Burton and Assistant Pastor Jean Burton want our sweet neighbor Deborah and the family to know that our hearts are with you as, you, as we gather to bid a Christian good, goodbye to Glenn. Whereas Glenn professed a hope in Christ at an early age and was a man who loved the Lord and his family, whereas Glenn's passing is heaven's gain and there is a human tie that has been broken which bleeds the hardened agony and pain, we are encouraged and consoled in the words of Jesus who, shed, who said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. Humbly submitted, Pastor Andrew Burton, Assistant Pastor Jean Burton. The second, it says, bless you, Rochelle. We pray you are experiencing the ever-present comfort, peace, and strength of God during this most difficult time. Please know that Bishop Joby and Pastor Sherelle, as well as your church family, are covering your family in prayer regarding the loss of your beloved father, Glenn E. Jackson, Sr. Attached to this is a letter of condolence from the pastor, from Pastor Sherelle and Bishop Joby Brady. May the God of all comfort be your portion in this season. Sincerely, the pastors of the Potter House of North Dallas. Praise God. So now, saints, we're going to invite you a couple at a time to come up. I have mics. You can come stand right in the middle. And this is the time for personal testimonies. But I do want you to know there are some rules. This is New Life at Calvary. Amen? I know they do things different at the Baptist Church and at the Methodist Church and at the Catholic Church. This New Life at Calvary. <laughs> so when you come up, you got to speak in the mic. you got two minutes. Two minutes, y'all. <laughs> you know, if you got a long, long story, we're going to talk to you when we eating that good chicken and fish later on. <laughs> if you can come up and give a good testimony, and we also don't need you to preach the sermon. I know <laughs> some of y'all got a sermon in you, and you've been waiting to preach. Today is not the day. <laughs> That's the sister saying Tomorrow tomorrow. <laughs> That's when you get to preach that sermon, okay? So two minutes, you got to give us a first-hand testimony of how you knew Glenn, and we would invite you to come on up and take a mic and speak. Y'all like I ain't coming after you gave all those rules. <laughs> I can bring the mic to you if you prefer. God bless everyone. God bless you. Butchie, great heart. Debbie Mack, queen, always by our sides, no matter what. We won't forget you. We, you live in our souls and our heart. God bless you. Amen. Sister, can you share your name so they can know who you are? Rita King. Rita King, thank you. 
Jesse Thomas, me and Butch went to middle school together. Praise and God. Praise God. He motivated me because Butch got A's and B's. I was D's and F's. And Butch said this. He said, you know, I don't mess with no dumb people. Then <laughs> I up my game. You understand? Got motivated. You know? And we gave each other love playing basketball, baseball, all that what we call the ghetto, Wade Park, <laughs> Huff. So God bless him and bless everybody off in here. Praise God. Is there another? Good morning. Good morning. I am Reverend Joe Cameron. Butchie is my brother-in-law. And I'll tell you, him and I goes back even before Debbie and him got married. Butchie and I have never, ever had any cross words. I respected him. He respected me. But one thing about Butch, if Butch really didn't care for you too much, you were going to know it. (laughs) Amen? Amen. You was going to know that. So, to Debbie and the boys and the girls, I would just want to say trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Love you, Debbie. And I just want to say, as one of Glenn's former pastors, it was a joy for Pastor Rick and I to pastor you and Glenn. You worked so hard. You served with joy. And it was a privilege and honor to journey with you in our service to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you to keep looking to the Lord, Deborah, from whence comes your help, your strength, your joy, your peace. And we will always celebrate a life well lived. The poem, everything that's been said has been Glenn. And we celebrate that. And we remember his love, his life, his legacy. And thank you for allowing us to be a part of you all's life for quite a few years. Thank be to God. Love you. Amen. Praise God. Thanks, Pastor Toby. Pastor Toby is our pastor emeritus, and uh, her husband is Pastor Rick. He's also our pastor emeritus, and they are newly retired. Hi, my name is Darlette Bass, and I married um, 
uncle Butchie's nephew and I just want to say he welcomed all with open arms and I remember a time when my mom and I came over to a birthday party for my mom my mother-in-law um, he sat my mom down across from him and on Deb and played cards and he was just wonderful and treated us all equally and with open arms so I'm so sorry thank you praise God thank you Pass it back that way. Pass it back over. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is uh, Teresa Jenkins Cooper, and I just wanted to say that all the wonderful things that they're saying about Glenn is true. I grew up with Karen and Dougie and Butchie. And the things that they're saying about how his household was is the same way that the Jackson's household was. I, I mean, arms always open. You could go there at any time. I remember Miss Ida, and I think George, maybe uh, his dad's last name, and Karen and I were the best of friends, and I love her, and I love the family, even though I don't know them. And I think it's a wonderful thing that... Um, but she's life had such a wonderful fragrance to it. And I know he's with the Lord, and he said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. And he's with you, and I pray that he comforts you, knowing that Glenn Butchie is with him. Amen. Okay. Hello. <laughs> My best buddy right here. <laughs> Praise God, all right? You can just pass it. We have a testimony in the back. Vivian Smith. This is to Deborah Jackson and Glenn. As a member of Calvary Presbyterian Church, I just want to thank Deborah Jackson for all of those wonderful fashion shows <laughs> that she used to give for our church. May the grace of God be with you and your family forever, Deborah, and I love you. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you, Vivian. All right. I believe that's everyone. Thank you for those outstanding testimonies. Tell your neighbor you did a good job. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. You, you can have a little extra time. <laughs> His sons can have a little bit more time, y'all. <laughs> We've been doing this for years. We always right. got to take pictures with her in the middle. <laughs> um, thank y'all for coming out. A lot of y'all know my dad is Uncle Butch um, and Butch and Mom, you know him. But we want to give you an idea of what we know him as Daddy. Um, our dad... Um, meant the world to us. He kept us together as a family. We did a lot of things. Um, and he was a man, like I think somebody said, a man of few words. He meant what he said and said what he meant. Um, but a, a lighter side, well, you guys probably didn't know, my dad was a prankster, had a, a sense of humor, nonstop. He would just, yeah, his jokes were the corny as they want to be. Corny as they want to be. He would think they was um, hilarious. Um, the one thing he uh, told us is always we stuck together. Um, 
as siblings. I think a lot of people in our family know that this group right here is tight. I don't let anybody, we don't let anybody mess with our sister and brother and things like that. But my dad instilled that in us to all come together and strong, um, whether we had picnics or you name it, all together. But he was definitely a family man. He was our dad. Um, we all got a chance to ride on his arm. <laughs> you know, he would just let us swing on his arm and things like that. My brother and I were talking last night. We couldn't walk in a room uh, without holding your chest. Because so, he would definitely punch you in it. Like, he would definitely punch you in it. He wanted to make sure his boys were, were tough, but uh, this one became the toughest one. So, <laughs> so But I want to thank y'all for coming out, and definitely I appreciate y'all. You know, but I want you to know him as well as what we know him as, as daddy. Oh, praise God. Oh. <laughs> praise God. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. We will now be blessed by the reading of the obituary by Zelda Dunn. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm Butcher's favorite cousin. <laughs> Just wanted y'all to know that first. I'm, I was his favorite, okay? And he was mine. I mean, for the male, he was mine. He was mine. We had a great relationship, and I've never thought about it as a cousin relationship, but it was more than that. And so I'm honored to be here. I'm grateful that the Lord kept him here this long. And, and so, you know, we're here to celebrate because it's all about him and going to meet his master. So there's no reason to be sad. It's all about understanding who he was and who he is now. He's with his savior. Praise God. I just want to say he, everything you said about him, true. Yes. Every word was true. And I just thank God for him. And his lovely wife, Debbie, and all my cousins, all my cousins, all my cousins. As I read this, there may be some words I might not get right. So forgive me right now. Okay, but read with me and just reflect upon him as we read his life. Sergeant Glenn E. Jackson, Sr., also known as Butch or Butchie, was the second child of four born August 6, 1948. He was born and raised in Marlington, West Virginia, to his parents, George Edward and Ida Elizabeth Jackson. He was very compassionate, funny, heartwarming, and loved being around family. At a very early age, he gave his heart to Christ and was baptized at Greater Absinia Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. Later, after meeting the love of his life, Deborah, they attended New Life at Calvary, formerly Calvary Presbyterian Church, together. Some of his early memories were just having fun with his siblings, where they attended Sunday school every week, playing softball, going to the movies, roller skating, bowling with his mom, Ida, where she was part of a bowling league, and I'm sure most of you know who she was and how well she did bow. (laughs) And um, 
Glenn graduated from John F. Kennedy High School with his siblings, where he played football there. After graduating in 1968, he joined the United States Air Force and became a sergeant and was honorably discharged in 1972. After serving for the United States in Vietnam, he landed a position as driver with the United Partial Service, formerly known as UPS, where he eventually retired in 1997. He took great pride in his work and enjoyed working in the area where he lived. He would always bring home gifts and food from the local businesses showing their appreciation for the work he had done. They could truly call him a friend of the community in Euclid, Ohio. The neighborhood kids would always wave to him and he would give them a thumbs up. However, if they were doing something, anything mischievous, he would surely tell them, that's not a good idea, and they knew, he knew their parents. <laughs> Y'all remember them days we, we, when you said, I know your parents meant something. It meant something, you know, so anyway. A lover of sports, he took pride in the Cleveland Browns and the colors we got on today, Cleveland Cavaliers, boxing, track, and field. He was a fixture at his children's sporting events, which included basketball, wrestling, and track. One of his favorite pastimes was listening to some good music, as he would say, from the oldies in the 60s, 90s, to R&B, rap, and jazz. Loved them all. If you were ever looking for him, everyone knew where he was, and you did. He was in his chair in the basement watching sports, playing music, or shooting pool. There is a back page, if you will turn to the back page. Okay, everybody there? Family and friends joined him at home at the house on Columbus Road in Bedford Heights, Ohio, which was quickly named Party House for family and gatherings. <laughs> he never met a stranger. Everyone was always welcome. Playing a good bit West card game was his forte. He was a great partner to have because he was very competitive and won very often. <laughs> He leaves tomorrow and his wife of 40 years, Deborah Alicia, Karen, sister, sisters Karen Larkins and Stephanie Curry, three beautiful children, Rochelle Wells, Patrick, Ronald King, Tanya, and Glenn Jackson Jr. He proceeded in home his he proceeded in his home going his parents, George and Ida Jackson, and brother Douglas Moore Sr. He leaves behind a host of nieces, nephews, cousins, devoted childhood friends, and his grandchildren, Alexis Kruper, Jamie, to whom they shared the same birthday, August 6th. William and Kaylin Wells, they were all the apple of his eye. A man of true dignity, strength, and character, a God-fearing man, and most of all, the patriarch of our family. His legacy will carry on, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, 8. A poem. Life is but a stopping place. Life is but a stopping place, a pause in what to be, a resting place along the road to sweet eternity. We all have different journeys, different paths along the way. We were all meant to learn some things, but never meant to stay. Our destination is a place far greater than we know. For some, the journey's quicker. 
For some, the journey's slow. And when the journey finally ends, we'll claim a greater reward and find a resting place together with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. We will now be blessed in song. Pass me not, O gentle Savior, by Gwen Coates and Carrie Holland. Yeah. 
if you would stand with me for prayer as we pray corporately one last time together. Gracious and holy God, we again thank you for allowing us to gather to celebrate the life of your son, Sergeant Glenn Jackson. Thank you for the love that he shared. Thank you for who he was as a person. Gracious God, we continue to reflect upon his life. We pray that you will continue to encourage our hearts. Bless the family as they grieve this incredible loss, Lord Jesus. And help us all to be reminded that our time upon this earth is limited. Help us to draw close to you now, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray for your hope, your tender touch, your grace, and your mercy. And all these prayers we lift before you. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Family and friends, I'm so glad Kerry played those keyboard like he did, amen? Because Glenn liked music. <laughs> He liked all kind of music. He liked gospel music. He liked all types of artists. One of his favorite songs his wife shared was America by Neil Diamond. Well, she, I said, what? <laughs> but he liked all kind of music and all kind of musical artists. So thank you, Carrie, for playing that, those keyboards like that. That was just the right touch. Saints, if you would think back with me and imagine if we were in our car right now and we could travel back in time to 1948. Tell your neighbor, 1948. And we're going to go to a little city called Marlington, West Virginia. (laughs) It's about a six-hour drive from here, you all. When we arrived, it would be lush green trees and this very teeny tiny small town. There were about 1,645 people living in the city when he was born. There were more trees than people. (laughs) The whole town is about two and a half square miles and is smaller than Cleveland Hopkins Airport. And this little bitty town on a Friday on the 6th of the month of August, two people named Ida Elizabeth and George Edward would bring into the world a brand new baby boy. And we can imagine that they looked at their son and thanked God that he was healthy and handsome and that this baby would add to their family. And as we all know, he would become not only a baby brother, but eventually a big brother. Amen. <laughs> it was in the family home that Glenn became nicknamed Butchie. His sister said when they was little, they called him Butchie. When he got a little older, they called him Butch. But Deborah always called him Butchie. <laughs> when we think back to 1948, the world was so different. Many have kind of touched on that. Some families were just getting their very first television. (laughs) Television was still in black and white, or as the young people call it now, gray. (laughs) Most families still listen to the radio. The cost of living was significantly lower than it is today. A loaf of bread costs about 14 cents. Gas costs about 16 cents a gallon. And a brand new car could be purchased for $1,250. That's some of y'all mortgage payment. (laughs) 
We can imagine that life was easier, but it was not easy for everybody, amen? Many black families found that there were more opportunities if they moved from the small town to the bigger city. So Ida Elizabeth, I love her name, Ida Elizabeth, and George Edward, wanting a better life for their children, moved from that small city of Marlington, West Virginia, where I am absolutely sure everybody knew everybody, to the big city of Cleveland, which at the time had about 900,000 people. I wonder how they experienced the big city as a young couple with young children. I wonder what Butchie thought of this big city. We can kind of tell because the family got involved in everything right away. <laughs> they didn't just go in the house and close the door. They joined the church. They found a house. They got the kids enrolled in school. And as I sat and listened to the family talk about uh, Butchie's life and all of their life together, I was just going down memory lane, y'all. <laughs> I was like, this family story is like my family story. You see, they grew up in Cleveland. They, they lived on Way Park. They lived near, you know, they lived all over the place in, in Cleveland, Ohio. And they went to schools, and when they said, Dawn Elementary, I said, oh, wow, y'all taking me way back. If you don't know what Dawn Elementary is, you're not from Cleveland. <laughs> How many know what Dawn Elementary is? <laughs> all right. It was one of those schools, or Harry E. Davis. <laughs> that one? <laughs> So they grew up going to Abyssinia Church on Sunday mornings, and this was back in the day when they would walk to Sunday school. And then after church ended, you all, they would went to the move. They would go to the movies, and the movie movies cost a whole nickel. <laughs> it's like Lord, make it so. Can I go to the movies for a nickel? And this was during the time when you would go to the movies, and the cartoons also played at the movie theater. So they would get a little cartoon preview and be able to watch the movies. Life was so different in Cleveland back in the day, wasn't it? So different. How many of us miss those times? We all do. Yeah, we miss them. You see, Butchie's parents, they, they moved to Cleveland with an expectation that their lives were going to be better and different. And so they immediately found jobs, and they began to teach their children the values of life. Say values. See, they taught their kids values. You see, we don't just become who we are without the help of our parents and our grandparents and our great-greats and our aunts and uncles and the community that supports us and helps us to become the people we are created to be. If you would hear his sister talk about their growing up times, I love just listening to her talk. She could have just talked all day. And if you were in the, the Jackson household, you can understand how Butch learned everything he learned and became the man that he became. You see, in the Jackson household, the kids played outside together with the other kids in the neighborhood. They would go and get ice cream together, and they would eat dinner together, and they just enjoyed life together. I saw it again, and they don't even know when they stood right here, and, you know, they were talking, and, and uh, Glenn Jr. said, you know, we protect each other. We looked out for each other. Your auntie told the exact same story. <laughs> she said Butchie was her protector. He would look out for her. Even though he wasn't the oldest, he would look out for the oldest too because they looked out for each other. 
and took care of each other. See, that's legacy. That's what you teach. You pass it from one generation to the next generation. You know, when you look at Butchie's life, he grew up during the 50s and the 60s, and we all know that was the height of racism and segregation, and we all know life was not easy. But it never stopped this family from working hard. It never stopped this family from loving their neighbors, even when their neighbors didn't love them. Butchie worked real hard as a young person. I'm so glad you shared that testimony about them grades in middle school. <laughs> I'm so glad to know that he was a straight-A student and that he grabbed you up and said, you gonna do better because I don't hang with no dummies, amen. It matters who you hang with. <laughs> That's how he was. And you see, because of how he was and what he learned from his parents and his family, he became a hard worker to graduate from John F. Kennedy High School. And when he graduated, if you look in that program, it says he joined the United States Air Force. And anybody that know anything about military, you know that people in the Air Force think they at the top, amen. <laughs> I know y'all in the Marines back there like, no, they ain't. But we just know how y'all do, amen. <laughs> <laughs> he was the playboy. <laughs> he was a grunt. <laughs> oh, you were in the infantry in the army. Wow. Wow. So I want you are a part of the dream. Praise God. Praise. So you got that long testimony, brother. We're going to hear a little bit more from you in a little while. We're going to hear from you in a minute. But that's a good testimony. But what he's sharing is so true. Because, you know, we, as black people, we sometimes, it seems like the American dream does not apply to us. But the American, we are Americans. The American dream does apply to us. And we can have the American family, amen? And this family did. And so, you know, it was amazing that uh, Glenn went to the Air Force and became a sergeant in less than four years, amen? Can somebody say amen to that? He became a sergeant. He became known as Sergeant Jackson. And you had to have been a hard worker and loyal and obedient and honorable to become a sergeant. He had to have been a good leader and brave and disciplined, right? Because when you join the military, they aren't looking for cowards. They are looking for the best of the best. And when Butchie joined the, the, the Air Force, not the Army, let me get that correct. When he joined the Air Force, it was not an easy time to be a black man in the military. You see, nowadays, when a soldier goes off to service, they are told, good job, thank you for your service, we appreciate you. Y'all seen folks like that at the airport, right? See somebody in their uniform, you go up and say, thank you for your service. I mean, I've seen people say, let me buy you coffee, let me get you some dinner, right? Well, that wasn't always so. When Butchie joined the military, it was back during the time of the Vietnam War. And see, that time, when you joined the military, you were actually called names. You were looked down upon. No one celebrated you. No one gave you a pat on the back. It was an awful time for the men and women who joined the service. It was very difficult and challenging not to have the support of your fellow Americans. And this is where 
our sergeant, Sergeant Glenn Jackson, would put his faith into action. You see, the Bible teaches us to love. Say love. It is certainly hard to love people when they aren't being very loving towards you, right? In the book of Matthew, chapter 19, verse 19, it says, Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love isn't just something you can take on and off like you take off your shoes. Love is God. It says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7, Love takes no pleasure in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes in all things, hopes in all things, endures all things. Love never fails. We as humans have to learn how to love people. Think about that. We have to learn how to love people. We have to learn how to love unconditionally. Say unconditionally. You see, God loves us unconditionally, and Glenn learned that love, and he learned it from his parents. He learned it from his siblings. He learned it in his community. He learned it in his church and at school where he went to school and from his teachers. He learned love by both receiving love and giving love. That is why when he met Deborah, he would be able to say proudly, she is the love of my life. Don't you all want somebody to tell you you are the love of their life? <laughs> Those are some words we all want to hear, amen? 40 years of marriage. Praise God. 40 years of marriage. Praise God. When I asked Deborah what was their secret, she said, respect. She said, smile. She said, love each other. And I thought immediately of that scripture found in Ephesians. Husbands, love your wives, and wives, respect your husbands. If there is anything that we can all learn from the life of the Jacksons is a lesson of love. Say love. And not just romantic love that can be fleeting. I'm talking about that agape love, that God love, that love that Jesus loves us through the good days and the bad days, right? In sickness and in health, amen. The love that transforms us and renews us. You know, tell your neighbor, get ready. Because you never know when it's going to be your time for anything in life, not just death. You see, one day, Deborah was ready. Glenn walked in and said, let's go. She said, where are we going? He said, we're going to get married. See, a lot of y'all would have been like, hold on, my hair ain't done. I got to get my makeup. I, wait, I ain't got no dress. Deborah was like, hold up, let me get my shoes, get my jacket, get my, let's go. <laughs> no questions asked. He said he was getting married. Let's get married. Let's go. Same day, went downtown and got married. Amen. 40 years. You don't need a $10,000 wedding. <laughs> you need to be ready to go when it's time to go and say them vows. <laughs> I love listening to the Jacksons share their stories. It, it was just amazing listening to them. As, as their father, Rochelle, spoke of the fact that her father was so respected and loved in the community that when she went away for college, y'all, her friends would still stop back by the house to visit her parents. 
they would call her like, we going to see our mom and dad. She's like, what? You at my house? <laughs> I'm at college. Y'all do realize I'm at college. And they, they would just go see Glenn and Deborah. That's the kind of parent you want to be, amen? That your kids' kids' friends show up at your door when the kid's not even at home. <laughs> you know, Rochelle talked about her father and how he would always greet the kids in the neighborhood and he knew their names and he knew their parents and, and he would just give them a thumbs up. Give me a thumbs up, y'all. <laughs> and not only would he give them a thumbs up, he would give two thumbs up. Okay, I'm holding the mic. Can somebody give me two thumbs up? Praise God. <laughs> he would give the kids a two thumbs up. And when I really thought about what he was doing, can you imagine what those two thumbs up did for the kid that didn't have the father figure at home? Can you imagine that seeing those two thumbs up, he was telling them, you're doing a good job. I see you. You're doing well. I love you. Keep on keeping on. Every, everywhere he went, he would give the kids a two thumbs up. And Rochelle would say, at, at times it was a little embarrassing. And she would tell her, Daddy, stop putting them two thumbs up. But now as an adult, just like me, she realized the importance of those two thumbs up. Because think about it. What's the opposite of two thumbs up? Two thumbs down. Which says, I don't see you. Which is criticism and saying, I, you're not doing well and I don't love you. In this very simple manner, in this very simple way, Mr. Jackson let a bunch of kids know I love you, and you are important. Can I get those two thumbs up again? I love you, and you are important. The thumbs up is even a military signal. Did y'all know that? In the military, it's used during a battle from one soldier to the other soldier to let them know you're okay. Think about it in the heat of a war. You're scared, you're alone, you're nervous, and a fellow soldier would just kindly give you a thumbs up. We're okay. We're going to make it through. That's the kind of impression that Mr. Jackson left in his neighborhood. Now, I don't want to give you the impression because our poetress already said that he was not a saint. We're all sinners, amen. Don't want to give anybody the impression that Mr. Jackson was some, some sort of Santa Claus figure because he did give a good spanking. <clears throat> And I heard you, <laughs> Ronnie, was the recipient of quite a few of those spankings. <laughs> oh, you said no, it was Glenn Jr.? <laughs> so between the boys, they got the bulk of those spankings. <laughs> he did give a good spanking. He did uh, say things like he meant, just like the gentleman said in the back. If, if, he, if he didn't like you, you knew it. He was a straight shooter, as his family would say. And sometimes when those kids came over to the house, they got on his nerves and he told them to get out. They had stayed too long. <laughs> when I found out that he liked to play bid whiz, I said, oh, he's a smack talker. <laughs> With all of his gruff sides, children, his neighborhood, the community, his siblings, and most importantly, his wife all knew that he loved them. Deborah would say he would always come home with these great big boxes of chocolate candy for her. And, and Rochelle chimed right in, whatever she got, I got. She got a valentine, I got a valentine. She got a sweetest day, I got a sweetest day. <laughs> 
I love that story. They welcomed, as it has already been said, so many people into their homes that when, she, when Rochelle married Patrick, even Patrick would say, I love my in-laws. Now, how many of us can say that? I love my mother-in-law. I love my father-in-law. But see, I think Patrick was a little jaded because he got special meals cooked for him, y'all. When he got there, he had his own special plate made for him, special drinks that were purchased for him. That's because they loved him too. My friends, we often hear about generational curses and we forget the other side of generational curses are generational blessings. Generational blessings from God that if we are faithful to God, God will be faithful to us. And yes, we can pass down from generation to generation. We can pass down horrible things, but we can also pass down from generation to generation good things. We can pass down love. We can pass down joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. We can pass down the knowledge and gift of a loving God who can and will love us through all circumstances. Glenn, we can all agree, lived a good life. Amen. He loved his parents. His parents would be so very proud of him. He was respected and loved by his children, by his wife, by his co-workers, his community, and his church family here at Calvary Presbyterian Church, now New Life at Calvary. He was definitely a man of God. But when all is said and done, if Glenn were here to speak with all of us today, he would probably tell us none of his life would be possible without a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, we can be good, we can be kind, we can be brave, we can be hardworking, we can do all these amazing things in our lives, but without love and without Jesus, it all means nothing. Glenn worked hard throughout his life. He worked hard for his family. He worked hard for his community. He worked even hard for his country. But most importantly, you all, he worked hard as a servant of Jesus Christ. He worked hard to serve a Savior that loved him and treasured him and was waiting for him to return to his heavenly home. You see, we have said many good and wonderful words about Glenn today, but there are some words that I know he wanted said about him, and those words are on the front of the program. I have finished my course, amen. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Do you want your crown today? which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not only to me, but unto all them that also long and love for his appearing. My friends, as I wrap up in these last words, we can rest assured that Glenn is in heaven. He is hearing the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Glenn has left an amazing legacy. He has taught his children, his grandchildren, and his family. He has shared the love of Jesus Christ. But the most important thing that he would probably say that he tried to share with all of us is Jesus Christ. He would want us to all long for his appearing. Do you long for Jesus appearing today? 
Do you want to finish your race? Do you want to fight the good fight? Do you want to finish your race? Well, I would pray today that you would go ahead and keep living like Glenn lived. Keep loving like, like Glenn loved. Keep working hard like Glenn worked hard. And never, ever give up on your faith or your family. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we again continue to thank you and honor you for the life of your beloved son. We thank you, Lord, for his service to so many. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that we could find in ourselves to, to love like you have loved all of us, to become un unconditional lovers, to become unconditional peacemakers, to be unconditional in our grace and our mercy, just like you. Holy God, we thank you for Glenn's entire life, and we are so glad that he is at peace and at rest with you. We pray again for his wife and family that as the days come when they will miss him deeply, that you will comfort them and assure them, Lord, that they have to, too, finish their race and that you, too, will be waiting for them so that they can, too, hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant, well done. In the name and the mighty of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen and amen. Let us all rise, my friends, to receive the benediction. Gracious God, as we prepare to depart from this place, but never from your sight, Lord Jesus, may we take with us all the fruit of your precious and loving Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to be loving and kind and patient and peaceful. Help us to be gentle and good and to have self-control that others may come to know you, Lord, like we know you. We thank you again for Glenn's life, and we pray your Holy Spirit tenderness upon us all. And it's in the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ we pray. And all God's people again said, amen and amen. If you will remain standing, the funeral home is going to come out and help us to recess out. Those of you that are pallbearers, um, you could start making your way to the front. And followed by the pallbearers, we will have the um, women that will help carry the flowers. You will come up as well. Ladies, if you would come up first.
Jesus. Me. 